This morning, how do I need to speak? Can you pull um, away? You can, you can, like, like you, can, you can kind of speak away. You can kind of like we can just we can face okay. outward with our bosoms. All right, stretch towards Dan. Hmm. Um, <sighs> breakfast. What do we have? I had I had a nice pret sandwich today. <laughs> a pret sandwich. Much, <laughs> much, to, <laughs> much to my chagrin, no, I suppose. But I definitely had a pret. Do you have a pret out in the states? No, we don't. No. But I was trying to avoid it because I realized that it's 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 like a, a just a franchise. It's no better than than like a Starbucks or, or whatever. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's just like a, it's not, it's like it, it's like the higher end Starbucks. Over yeah, here. yeah. yeah. It, it was just a quickie though. It was a nice just, little quickie. <laughs> just to pop in. Yeah, just pop in, have a little sandwich because we we're trying to check out the view and not miss our appointment to go to the Sky Garden. Oh right, yeah, nice. Sky What's the Sky Garden again? It's Where? at the the Walkie Talkie building on the top of that thing. The Walkie Talkie building, yeah. the BT Tower. Consult the crowd. The walkie Talkie, bu- no, the Walkie Talkie building is the one that looks like a Walkie Talkie. Thank you. It's opposite the shard. Next to the uh, I think the I know what you're talking street. about. Like living in London, I'm, I don't know what the Walkie Talkie building is. It's like a twat. I only know the gherkin. That's it. It's all the same. And the, the shard. Same, same. It's all the bloody same thing. Alright, man. I'm good when you are. One second. Ah, uh, now it's on you. Now I can relax. She was a beauty. Beauty. She was beauty. And I was wrong to think I'd keep her from my mind. From my mind. Did I love her? Love her. I did. Oh, yeah.
Fantastic. All right, cool. Welcome to the first Public House podcast of 2018. We're back. We've been away, but that doesn't mean we got worse at what we did. We actually got better and we went international with our next guest, Dylan Earl, country singer. Welcome to the podcast, man. Good to be here, dude. How you doing? I'm living the dream one day at a time. Yeah? Yeah. What are you doing much. in London then? Ah, <laughs> uh, man, just, you know, living the dream, I guess. Yeah? Um, here we are, big city, bright lights, you know. Yeah? Life is fast. It's what brought you over? Um, you know, really nothing or no one in particular, but uh, <laughs> just hanging out, just trying to see the city, just trying to see the views. Being a super cool guy. Yeah, I don't know. No, I mean, uh, mostly just here uh, visiting and, and hanging out with friends, trying to take a little bit of a vacation or a holiday, as I yeah. want to call it over here. I mean, when was the last time you were on a vacation or a holiday? As a, a, a very, very long time, man. Uh, yeah? Because I, I usually just travel a lot for, I guess work even though yeah, I yeah. to call it work I'm so the, the, the band really yeah yeah I'm, I'm in a van with a bunch of sweaty dudes and so it's not really a very relaxing way to travel I suppose no but like it is a pretty fun way to live you've got the states you've got like such a big environment to it's crawl true. across I mean it's that true. is like a super country in itself yeah and crawling is honestly a lot of what we do yeah just living <laughs> out of a van yeah pretty much man um, a lot of, a lot of sweaty hangovers in a van so. how long have you been in the band um, What's the name of the band for the audience? It's just uh, it's Dylan Earl and the Reasons Why. That's my it. Band. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've been doing this, I guess, uh, really touring it heavy for only about two years. Okay. Um, you know, I'd, I'd kind of started being a weekend warrior with my older bands and whatnot, and doing some stuff, little two or three day runs here and there, but nothing as serious as we've been doing now. Um, doing coast to coast twice. Wow. In the last two years. And was that was there any plane travel involved in that? Was that just road? Um, just road. Jesus Christ, how long does it take you to do Coast to Coast? Like, I mean, what's the longest drive you did between gigs? Um, we did, I remember one we did um, in, uh, from Los Angeles to Grand Junction, Colorado was about 14 hours, <laughs> something like that. Jesus Christ, and then like, how soon out of the van were you doing the gig? Uh, immediately. It was, it was one of those pull up, load out, <laughs> play the show, load back in, drive an hour to where we ended up sleeping on the side of the highway. That, that was a little bit earlier on in the touring when the routings were, were pretty pretty shit, I guess. Right, know? right. Um, I mean, how many, I mean, okay, so, because I just saw, I saw on your Facebook that you finished the tour, it was like 23rd of December you finished doing the tour, roughly? Yeah, yeah, 20, so, yeah 22nd we finished. And, when did you begin? Um, basically September 5th, but I had about three weeks off in the middle in November. Right, right, like right. But that, I mean, you must have done quite a few gigs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This the, over this last year we did we did about a hundred and oh God I think it was 100, over 140 gigs this last this last uh, year. So that's um, pretty good then. Things yeah. So things must be getting a bit more serious for you. Yeah, yeah it is. And, yeah. And, and that's often you know it's kind of the part of it where you start to take it. You know you take it seriously because you do. It's your business and you have to. But yeah, sometimes yeah. you lose track of. Of, of the fun shit that got you into it, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely, because it, it sort of becomes worse. Like, much with any job, you apply for a job that you think is going to be fantastic, right? and then within a month of being there, you found the things that you hate about it, like, pretty quickly. Right. I mean, traveling across the States and he un unloading heavy gear, living with a bunch of fucking sweaty dudes and yeah. playing gigs <laughs> all the time. It sounds amazing to anybody that doesn't do it, Right, but when you start doing it, I know mates and bands that have just done simple small gigs, like going mm. down to Hastings, that are down near Brighton and stuff, and then coming right. back on the same night, and they're like, "This is fucking awful." Sometimes <laughs> it's just awful. They didn't make any money. In fact, yeah. they lost money, and it just gets like gear gets lost and equipment gets fucked up. And I mean, that's exactly right, man. I mean, you end up losing a whole lot of money before you end up starting to make any money, and then the first time you make money, you're usually really shit at handling it, so you just well, blow it all. On it's the it's stuff. the breaking eggs to make an omelet, you know. And that's then, right. You know, when you made that omelet, you 
fucking eat it really quickly that's, and that's you exactly just go right. straight in. You got to break never, it. I've never heard that said before. What breaking like eggs to make an omelet? No, that's, that's, that's how I look one. at everything that goes like if if I've like fucked a bunch of things up, I'm like, mm-hmm. well, there's gonna be an omelet coming somewhere. <laughs> like I'm gonna get that omelet. And it's not always like what I expect it to be, but at least I got that omelet. Right. You know, that's right. the most important thing. So you travel, you, your base is at Arkansas, right? Yeah, we, we call it Arkansas, but if anyone says... Ar- Ar- Arkansas, sorry. Oh, but hey, I always do that. But, but honestly, it's a, good, it's a good segue to a really shitty joke we have where we say, Arkansas <laughs> is better than yours. <laughs> hey, I like that. Regular Kansas is a god-awful shitty place. Well, really? I, honestly, no, it's not that bad. The, the people are wonderful. It, the landscape is a pretty pretty terrible spot, whereas Oklahoma is actually the worst place in America, for sure. At least what, what makes Oklahoma so bad? Landscape-wise, there's nothing to offer, and then just there's just so many mouth breathers there, you know? Like, <laughs> Knuckle-dragging mouth breathers, yeah, yeah. pretty much, you know? And, you know, luckily, I don't I don't ever play shows in Oklahoma. But Ar- 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 this. Arkansas doesn't have that. Ah, uh, see, that's <laughs> my guy, right? There's a couple of them around, for sure, because there's people like that everywhere, but... Um, I, we're really fortunate to have a lot of natural resources uh, that, that get to make our place a little bit better. Like bit what? Fun. Like natural resources? Like how? Like what? Uh, you know, we we got wonderful the Ozark Mountains and uh, a lot of clean water. Nice. That's um, a rarity. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the only place you're gonna find blue mineral water between um, the Appalachians and, and the Rockies. It's the only place you're gonna find mountains too. But you feel that when you're drinking your hometown water, you're like, <sighs> yeah, it was actually That's the shit. It was really funny, man. We were in we were in Los Angeles. Um, this last tour and, and we were staying we actually went to go hang out at, I met this Swedish guy not Swedish guy Swiss guy and this other Argentine guy that were hanging out um, living together in James Dean's old house up in the oh, hills sweet. so they're like hey come up and check it out and we went up there to check it out and the guy that owned the house um, came up to say hey as well um, you know smoked a little little bit with us and, uh, <laughs> and he actually buys his water from Hot Springs Arkansas Really, which is my pedal steel players is from Hot Springs, um, and there is there's the, the the mountain spring water there that's supposed to be some of the best in the world. A lot of gangsters from Chicago used to take trains down to Hot Springs and and I guess try to think they could cure their syphilis, but jokes on them, you know. <laughs> yeah, you can't cure syphilis just with good water. I guess. No, absolutely not. Not, not that simple. I don't know. Maybe blissful ignorance is something, but. Probably, yeah. or maybe I mean that's what they said they were coming down for. We're coming down to cure the syphilis. Yeah, but really, really, they were like I don't know, killing a few guys. <laughs> yeah, pretty much doing you know. something retarded and Sounds... gangsterish. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, and maybe maybe finding more syphilis to be had. Have you spent your, your like your whole life in Arkansas? No, I've only been uh, only been there since 2005. Yeah, I was born and raised in South Louisiana. And, okay. Um, after the hurricanes in 05, uh, Katrina and Rita ended up. In, uh, in Arkansas. It's the only place I've, I've ever received uh, any sort of degree of education, I guess. Like okay. my high school diploma and my, my college diplomas from there. Um, I guess university or whatever. But you must have found like a good home in Arkansas to like want to stay there, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I found a, I found a real place to live. You know, I, I, I'm really proud to be Cajun and be from South Louisiana. But oh, yeah, um, yeah my, my, my home life wasn't that great and it was a little unsettled. Sure. And so obviously it's hard to make up for that with just being Cajun. So <laughs> I had to, I had to, I guess, You're sacrifice. Right. Yeah, I guess so. So I sacrificed the, the food and the culture, moved to Arkansas, and then I, I realized that sometimes uh, happiness is something that can't just be bought with good food. No, how Even though food usually really helps. Yeah, but. well, that's this, there's another saying that you may not have heard that the quickest way to a man's heart is through his stomach. I have heard that one before. You heard that, yeah. and I think it, I think it is, it radiates, man. I think it's a big one. It, it's, it, it's definitely true, you know. So whenever I go back down there every once in a while, I'll have some, some Cajun food and some gumbo etouffee, jambalaya, and all what's that. The, what's that? What's that? Um, it, they're all kind of uh, you might refer to it as like slop, really, because it's it, it's not a very glorious food. Okay. It's uh, people Cajun people were very poor, and they sure. had um, 
kind of a very uh, limited amount of ingredients to work with. Yeah. Um, the land is pretty terrible in the deep south Louisiana. Yeah. It's all brackish and salt water. You can't really grow anything. Um, so you just kind of make with dew. And um, gumbo is more of like a stew that you serve over rice. Okay. Um, etouffee is kind of a similar thing, but the, it's not so much as like a soupiness. Is more of a... It's just hard to describe. It's a little bit more coagulated. And, <laughs> and, and a few different ingredients, I guess. More butters are involved in etouffee versus yeah. in, um, in a gumbo. A gumbo is very specific with a roux, and it's, it's like a... Um, uh, it's a cooked flour, a very, very slow process thing that, that kind of makes more of a thicker broth. So but it's like a traditional meal that's like lasted the test of time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Imp- imp- and importantly so. I mean, like a good meal should. Absolutely. And yeah. you keep going back to it. Yeah, definitely. And definitely. it's definitely been more refined over time. So I bet if you were eating it in the poor days, that was like real gumbo and it probably tasted like shit. Probably. Probably, but probably. now it's like a delicacy. <laughs> yeah, it Now you go be. there for the gumbo. It's, 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 the, it's the meal that, that has, has been tested over socioeconomic statuses. So it's like the richest of the rich will eat gumbo. Yeah. And the poorest of the poor will also eat. We have that. We have shepherd's pie. Yeah, it yeah, must you, be you know, you know shepherd's pie. So yeah, it's just yeah. all the leftover shit, and then you whack a bunch of potato in there and get a nice crispy potato top, and it's just all these leftovers and random it. resources, and you just bang it in, and it's delicious. I love it. I love it. Shepherd's pie and some chips. Come on now, that's good. Shepherd's pie and chips. Yeah, that's yeah. A lot, that's a lot of potato. Yeah, yeah. I love my starch, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm no stranger to the starch. Doesn't it give you a headache? I get headaches from too much starch. It's a no. weird one, but I get headache. Apples and uh, potato too really? much. Yeah, I get I've headaches all the time. I get a headache up the up the back of my head. I don't Damn. know what it is. Maybe That's a like, disease, man. I see. My, <laughs> so hope not. Hey, so. you got NHS. You're good to go. Yeah, for yeah. now. Yeah. For now, until like we, we get a system like yours. Yeah. And then weird. we're all fucked on opioids, which mm-hmm. is not so bad for like a year, but then yeah. it gets rough. Until you, yeah. Until, until you, you want to bail out and you can't. It's pretty awful, man. I just got healthcare. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> you know, finally, finally got healthcare and then, you know. Ye whose name shall not be spoken. Yeah. Just trying to take that away. Take yeah, I, I guess that. I guess things are like... I mean, I was going to ask about that, but I felt like it was kind of low-hanging fruit to ask an American about Trump. I'm happy to talk about it. I need a couple more beers before I really get into that, though. All right, we'll save it for later, then. Right, Let's please. talk about... I guess we I guess we should probably go and make more sense to so, so like musically let's go through the history because you moved to Arkansas right, yeah right. was music prior to that were you in music prior to that were you playing I wasn't playing it but I loved it um, I'm really yeah. fortunate to have my mother is a saint and uh, I mean I, from a very very young age when she would drive me to school in the morning there would be Dwight Yoakam or Merle Haggard or Travis Tritt tapes in the in the cassette deck and um, I was listening to a lot of that stuff then and I didn't really quite understand it, even though it became a fabric of, of who I am right. just because it was the background soundtrack yeah basically. of course yeah yeah and then you know as as I grew into a teenager um, I got a lot more into punk and kind of uh, alt rock and all that yeah excuse me um, when, what, so, what year was this roughly hmm. I mean, and how old were you if you don't mind me asking so I can gauge I, this let's see I was uh, I was probably about eleven to twelve. When I was first starting to listen to like Weezer, yeah, fuck yeah, I was a huge Weezer fan yeah, back in stuff. the day. Pinkerton is still one of my favorite albums. Yeah, I love the Blue Album Pinkerton, and at the time I was into Green Album, and then I fell out of love with the Green Album. Then I got back into the Green Album um, very, very recently. Once I was like, oh, that like wasn't total shit, but you know, I don't know. It grew on you, man. Yeah, it did, and so I was a big Weezer fan, and then kind of all of the bands that fall into that, yeah, that whole thing. And I got into that, and I, I, I. I Learn how to play the bass. I mean, learn how to play the bass. I was awful at it. Yeah. I had my first little garage band. But you could go boom. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Exactly. That's playing the bass. Yeah, right? Yeah, fucking but, A. But, uh, yeah, so, so I did kind of my first little garage band in 7th and 8th grade, which is about 11, 12, 13, okay. something like that. 
Um, and then after that, I ended up um, going into high school, didn't really play anything. And it wasn't until I moved to Arkansas that um, I had, my dad had his guitar and I, I thought, well, I don't really have any friends up there yet. So I brought a guitar with me and then I learned how to strum a couple chords. Yeah. And that was the right around the time where I kind of started backpedaling on my whole, lo- I mean, I still love rock and roll for sure. But sure. I kind of backpedaled and I really got into a lot of the um, folk writing and songwriting of, of, of Towns Van Zant and, and Guy Clark and them. Um, and so I, I kind of delved a little more of that and I started really enjoying just playing very simple structured songs and some old folk songs even though at the time I didn't really quite understand what a lot of them are about sure but you were young I mean you were having a go at it <laughs> right right I was just trying to emulate your heroes right exactly exactly so um, then, then that kind of started that, that spawned the very first band I ever formed well first band I guess was when I was younger and that was called Risen back in Risen yeah really nice terrible terrible band name that's a good but, one uh, I like that but we had, we, had, we had this really cool actually I still think it's kind of this little logo thing that was really cheesy with like the sunrise thing <laughs> whatever you know we were, we were at 11 tall but then in, in Arkansas we had the Cedar Bottom Boys which was like obviously not far of a departure from the soggy the cedar bottoms. bottom boys yeah because cedar's a type of wood right yeah yeah, yeah. so there's, there's these cedar bottoms yeah. that were near um, where where I used to hang out and get drunk for the first couple times. You right. Know, so. so you're the Cedar Bottom Boys. Yeah. Did anybody else call you that? Was that just a name you came up with? Or was that like, oh, these guys are the fucking Cedar Bottom Boys? A couple, they called us that, I guess, in high school. Um, I had another buddy of mine that played guitar and then a friend that played mandolin. So it's two guitars and a mandolin. Nice. And we were pretty, pretty shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was awful. But we had our first couple of gigs around when we were at that time. And then... Uh, I guess moving on from there, I went to went to college or I guess uni. Right. Um, and my freshman year, I didn't really play any music, but my sophomore year, the Cedar Bottom Boys picked back up because it was a whole new crew of guys, and they basically just right. played cover songs and and Sweet. a couple of my own songs I was putting in there. But it was the first kind of gig and I ever really did. Yeah. And we went to go play a VFW, and that we used to play like was just basically like an ex servicemen's club. Okay, cool. Veterans of Foreign Wars. And it's just this, but it's a little bit trashier than an ex-serviceman's club because I guess it's like a sticky, shitty floor, a lot more neon, low hanging smoke. Oh, you haven't, you haven't, you haven't been into enough an ex-serviceman's club in the okay, UK. Okay, I've only been to one. So there's, I guess. there's so many shitty ones. I'm quite, I'm quite glad you're up on the pardon so you can like translate over like, like what we're talking about because you could have said VFWs and I'd have been like, eh, I'd have had to ask you. But right, right. Thank God you were like in on that. But like, there's, there's some pretty like downtrodden ex-serviceman's clubs down here that still like allow smoking. Oh yeah, things like that. Yeah, man, they're like the little, the little sidebars, and you go in. And it's just really old, white, fat men and women, not quite talking. Yeah, they're just sitting there observing every other person in the bar, and it gets a bit, it's a bit shitty. Drinking, carling, and and like yeah, like two pound nineteen Foster, Fosters and stuff like that. Really yeah. cheap beer, like <laughs> super cheap beer. But you can't go in there just as a youngster off the street, like. I don't know. They just they don't dig it, and those 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 types of bars are gonna die out like very. That's unfortunate, fast. man. Because the first it's, place when I was in college, the first place that we could drink, um, because I, I, Arkansas is very weird with its liquor laws, and so in certain counties they're dry, but like the VFW in Conway, they're able to avoid these laws because it's like oh well, it's veterans, so like yeah, yeah. it was like the only bar in town, right? So you could be young and go in there. Obviously, everyone was kind of looking at you out the corner of their eye. Checking you out, making sure they weren't, you know, we weren't screwing something up or, or, or being assholes or whatever. But uh, we'd go to the VFW and just get get fucked up with all the veterans and then like <laughs> sweet. stumble back down to the college. You know, did that influence your music at all? It must have a little bit, yeah, because they would play a lot of honky tonk in there. Oh and, yeah, and I love dancing. And, yeah, man, hell yeah. Uh, and so my mom, my mom taught me dancing. You know, when I was young, that's sweet. And, uh, we used to go to a couple dance halls in Texas together and 
But uh, yeah, we'd go dance in the VFW, and and I was one of the only guys who knew how to two step, and so I was always. Ah, yeah. As it tends to be a little bit of a thing, I found myself dipping back into the teaching girls how to two step thing now that I've been in London. Oh yeah, yeah. but they're gonna love that. I mean, I, I, I guess so. It, it seems it seems uh, I don't know. Sometimes it might seem what do y'all call it, like naff or something? Or gimmicky. But, yeah, gimmicky. Nah, man, it's, you know you're just spreading culture. I yeah, uh, you know that's I, all I, it I, is. I'd like to. Yeah, you know, I, th- I hope so. You know, no, no, you definitely are. Interest. I mean, check out this shirt and this hat. It's so strong. <laughs> it's so strong. A lot of times, you know, it's just like, am I being offensive in my in my presentation? I don't no, really hell know. no, no way. Like, fashion's on a mad one in London. So hey, right now, you'd be like welcomed with open arms. Yeah, it was, you're just missing like some spurs or something off your boots. Yeah, you know, I did, yeah, I guess. jingle jangles. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think that I, I don't. I don't want to hurt any animals. You know. So. <laughs> no. I appreciate that. I can, I can get down with that. Because I, w- I was looking at your website and okay. uh, on the. I'm glad it, someone looks at that. No, I Thanks did. It it's, it's super sweet. Like, and I listened to all your albums as well, uh, and I loved them. But I wanted to find out about this genre, twangcore and contra- countrypolitan, okay. written on your website. I, I what? <laughs> okay. Well, so so because I, I kind of get like post country. Yeah. I kind of get that. I understand like when you put post in front of something, I understand what that means afterwards. Right. But like. Countrypolitan. Okay. Yeah. You Lay know, it on me. It's it's uh I, I think uh I think it's honestly a lot of those those words are because there is no good description and it had nothing's really stuck yet with what sure. this what the underground country scene is. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and because there's there's a huge underground movement that actually seems to be gaining more popularity in this part of the world than in the states because in the states it's just all this fucking shit pop country yeah are like but they they've just taken the label of country and they keep selling on that but it ain't that like there's there's no such thing as a beat machine in a country song no no that no. should not exist but it's labels out there so it's like how do you reclaim the more traditional things so basically what's had to happen is that the traditional style of actual real country has had to rename itself right you know but but no one's name has really survived dale watson will call it ameripolitan which which I can kind of I can get that and like it's not quite Americana because Americana is kind of blanketing and a lot of this new country that's that's neo traditional yeah I guess is is coming in but no one knows what to call it and so I guess it's honestly just it's just kind of a play on the whole situation right whenever I'm just like oh you know twang core country politan like I've just made that shit up right you know I, but some people do it sounds like he did yeah I, I, yeah. I, I figured as much yeah. I needed I needed a definition right right how... well twang core is, is just like kind of like hardcore it's just hardcore on the twang yeah well I heard some like, of the guitar solos and I was playing yeah. of like plinky plonk and twangy twang yeah like, yeah a lot, of, a lot of twang and then country politan is supposed to be kind of it's it's an attempt to you know because you know the word cosmopolitan obviously yeah you know but it's but it's like an attempt to make this country sound more appealing and yeah because I figured like you're taking you're taking from like um, metropolitan and like it's it's more urban it's more modern it's yeah more yeah some of it like, like the, the the first record I did is, has a little bit more grit to it yeah so it's that same thing yeah it's it's like it's almost like urban country I mean I but what, I mean but uh, how did you get into like like you, I know you said you wanted to reclaim it. But how did you end up sort of really taking that direction with your band into countrypolitan and and twangcore as opposed to saying with traditional? Because you could have been very conservative in your approach. You could have been Definitely. like, oh well, country is country. I'm fucking. I'm being. I'm going to be a purist. Right. And I mean, do you feel like that would have been regressive to stay that way? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it would have. I mean, because because purism is good and everything, but you have to find a way to make sure that that things are moving into the 21st century. Sure. You know, because you know, obviously, there's a big problem with people being conservative and reserved is it's just like you know it's not beaver cleaver anymore that's in the 1950s so yeah it's right. like how, how do you try to find this tra- the way to make this traditional thing also uh, appealing to the new generation 
you know, and say, hey, you know, like you can like country music, like it's not it's not shitty if you like country music. Yeah. So I think I, I think it's been successful because yeah. I see a lot, a lot of my gigs. I see young kids that are super into it, and then yeah. I see like these sixty and seventy year old people that are also. Oh, so really you found into a way it. to. Bring That's them the together. whole idea: is like bring these generations together through country music somehow, and also you know. Try to make a type of style of country that that a, that a purist would say, "Damn, that's real country." And then yeah. also a kid would say, "Oh, I can listen to this and go on a walk and listen to this." Or I because I'm I'm not like massive educated on like country music and I have mm-hmm. listened to country music. I mean, the most country music. Have you ever heard of the Balfour Brothers? The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I love them. Yeah, the I Balfour love Brothers them. did a great. There's a lot of really great traditional Cajun music. Yeah, it's, well. they, they, it's Cajun Renaissance, isn't it? Because they're French. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. craziness. Yeah, they, they do they do a really really neat version of some Cajun music that I appreciate a lot as as yeah. a Cajun person. Did, did did you ever feel like uh like the community shunned that kind of music at all like because it wasn't uh, spoken English or because it was like a departure from traditional country music at all? Um, they could have. There's also a problem. And that's almost a whole different subject. Oh, there's yeah. a problem. There's a problem with the loss of the Cajun culture in in South Louisiana, where a lot of people in the '50s and '60s were trying. We're fighting it's so hard to become Americanized. You know, they're bringing the McDonald's in. We're bringing the big highways in. We're bringing yeah, yeah. the apartment stores in and everything. And so if you still spoke traditional, like, Cajun or Creole, a lot of times you were looked down as a lesser in society. And so people to try to, I guess, overcome that barrier. I think there's an overall outlook on that, though, about, like, country music. Because it's sort of, like, from, um, it's from the areas that people call, like, the flyover states. And it's mm-hmm. sort of, like, a regressive. It's an old yeah. type of music. And nobody really cares about it because it's like I guess it's associated with I don't know if I'm wrong but like white hillbillies it is yeah it it definitely is it definitely is and so obviously I I, you know I promote diversity uh, and and I love it whenever my my audience is diverse yeah you know like you know obviously I love it when anybody's it's a compliment to use because you're you're getting around it trying to you know and trying to show that being into country music doesn't mean that you have to be a racist or a misogynist or Mm. a sexist or a homophobe or anything like that is that anybody can actually like this music just because it's music? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to have any political. But now it's yeah. But now it. it's an identity thing, and you know you carry that shit on your back. You know, when right. you listen to like a certain track or speak Pretty to certain rare It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's kind of crazy <laughs> that music should be the only thing that that doesn't carry that, but, right, it, but right. it does hard. It, it ought to, it ought to transcend any kind of any kind of beliefs anyone has. You know, so it, it is really nice whenever I do have a show, I might have. You know, just a very diverse group where I have some big time conservatives, and there are some super like left wing people, and then I get to see them cheersing and having drinks because yeah, they're awesome. both into what I'm doing. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not necessarily what I'm doing, but also into what I'm doing and my peers and other people that are kind of following the same footsteps. Because I, I know I'm 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 not the only person doing this. Yeah, I mean, how many or what other bands are doing it, or people are doing sort of twinkle and country politics music? I think it's it's the neo traditionalists. It's the people that. Um, you know, like you've got, yeah, I'm going to name drop a bunch, but, but J.P. Harris and, and Kale Tyson and, and Daniel Romano was doing it for a little while um, <clears throat> and still kind of into it. And uh, I don't know, a lot of people, Bonnie McGrumry's and uh, uh, she's from, from my home state. She's doing well. Right. Dale Watson is, is really kind of pushing that whole thing. And he's, he's a Texas swing, uh, neo, I guess, neo-traditionalist. Um, he's he's probably in his late sixties now though, so it's kind of it's cool to see an older guy like that yeah. trying to usher in the young people and say, okay, I'm going to create a platform for you and help you guys beat out all of the the big record companies. And sure, like I mean, but, I mean, how invasive are the big record companies? You feel like in your sort of line of work at the moment? I oh, mean, definitely. They 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 don't like it because they they love how much money people are willing to spend to go to see Luke Bryan or Jason Aldean, and I don't know how much you know about these names. But no, these, no, these these are the worst people. Right. <laughs> yeah, they're they're the guys that 
that that don't know how to they don't know how to write a song and they're gonna get up there in their you know nine hundred dollar clothes and 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 sing about dirt roads and and tailgates because that's all that people are have the brain capacity it seems like to absorb right so they just use like buzzwords and an easy jog and low-hanging fruit to just it's hey this is country because we're talking about fucking potato skins and shit yeah yeah and all the rednecks seem to just eat it up you know but i mean there are there are it's you know it's nice to find the rednecks that are like you're actually doing it like they used to you know yeah yeah but But that's uh, what i heard i that's what i heard when i listened to your songs it was just like it was so i heard i heard the twang core i heard the country politan music but i also heard just I mean, your music's beautifully sung. It's amazing what you do, Thank and you. it's beautifully performed. And like, I'm a fan now. Like, Sweet. literally, I was like, because Daniel uh, sent me the, the the your information. I was like, cool, I'll check him out. I just had these just beautiful songs. I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is really awesome. Great. I wanted to talk to you about one song that I definitely okay. uh, you wanted your single. It's, it's the single off your new album, isn't it? Where she woke up in brackets on mornings with me. Yes, that's yes. a sick record. Like, it's <laughs> a sick you. record because I like. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm like I'm in a bit of a moment where I like met a girl and she is gone and it fucking sucks and it just it just spoke to me like mm. in in many ways. But it is like it is a wonderful song, man. Thank you. I mean, where did that come from? Um, it, it, it you know I, I feel like it's it, it you know we're talking about low hanging fruit. Yeah. It's you know sometimes I think the challenge is to take that low hanging fruit because everyone can connect to it, but also try to write about it in a different way that's just not so obvious. That's an interesting way of looking at things. I like um, it. Yeah, so everyone's been left before. Yeah. Everyone's experienced that. Obviously, I experienced it and whatnot. And, um, you know, I, I try to make sure that every song at least has the majority of it comes from me. But also, a lot of times, it's my observation of my friends or people around me and how they're going through things. And Right. Obviously, I can't really point out, you know, here and there, like, oh, this is because my friend so-and-so is going sure. through shitty sure. breakups. And, obviously, you know, that may be an asshole, but... Um, I already am enough of an asshole as this, but, <laughs> but you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it definitely came from a real place and it comes from, you try to take those specific little moments where you have like a slight realization that really makes you feel like shit sometimes. Oh yeah. And then you try to, you try to weave that into the fabric of, of, I guess, uh, of a song somehow or, or, or into the fabric of a record. But this one you've picked as like a single cause you've, you've shot a video for it as well. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was the first video I did. It's probably because the recording of it itself is, um, I'm kind of, most proud of it but it is the only song that i redid from the last ep and i brought it over and i think re-recording a song oftentimes is that off yeehaw um no no it's not on yeehaw it's on blessing in disguise yeah yeah that's the one blessing in disguise that's the one um so it's on there and it was actually my least favorite recording on blessings oh yeah and then i brought it over to this one and we kind of really reworked it and i got to bring in some some female background vocals yeah some some women that i really respect kind of gospel-y yeah, yeah. So it's my friends Sarah Strickland and Mary Kimbrough. I, they're some of my favorite vocalists in the state of Arkansas, and so I got to bring them in and see what they did. And a lot of the the vocals they did in the background that was all then. I just yeah. brought them in the studio. We had some drinks, and I said, "Go nuts, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, you do you on this thing." And they did them. So I, I can't take full credit for all of that, you know. No, sure, no, sure. But I mean, it's it's, it's under your name. It's under your project, and you know, obviously definitely. you're working with talented people, and there's talented yeah. producers, and everybody working behind right. you. But you know, have, the, the, have some pride, man. Uh, you know, yeah, I, you, you know, did great. I, I don't want to ever be too proud nah but, man it's, it's, it's a good thing yeah there's there's a, what's really pleasing about the new record um, what I'm most happy about is that it was everyone it's a bunch of musicians that are all from Arkansas and it's all people that um, I respect so much in the music scene and I hadn't really been able to take advantage of that and so it's it's a showcase of our local talent really and so so how did you meet the reasons why then 
Um, these boys are guys that have been in the scene before. So, right. uh, Dickie D, Dick Darden, he's, uh, he's the drummer and, uh, he did all the drums on the record. He, um, played in a couple of other bands that, that I always loved. And in my old band, I guess we all would share shows and, and, and share bills all across the state together. Yeah, right. And so we just kind of became friends. And I remember one night we were up, you know, doing God knows what until the wee hours of the morning. And I had just been like, Hey man, I'm thinking about doing this other project. And it kind of started there with him. So he's been there the longest. Um, Ben Robbins is he's from Hot Springs and is the only pedal steel player you can find under forty. So it's a pretty obvious pe- pedal, pedal steel player. Yeah, yeah. Is that the that's the uh, is that the strings laid down horizontally yeah, and the ring thing? Sit down thing. So I, I found Ben um, and it turns out we got along really well and and so it was really nice having him on the road. Um, yeah, he pedal steel is probably the hardest instrument I can ever imagine playing. It's a beautiful sounding instrument. Definitely, well. yeah, definitely, and it's it's such a staple of that type of music as well. But yeah, you're, you're literally you're plucking with three fingers here. You're running a bar, but then I don't know if you can see it, but there's also these posts that come down on each side yeah. of the leg. So you're moving this way to make sounds, that way for sounds. Out I, or the in. first time I ever heard it played like the so incredibly was uh, uh, Santo and Johnny. Okay, I'm not familiar. You know, have you ever heard it? They did a song oh. called Sleepwalk, and like it's basically the whole song is like that's that. What's it called again? The steel pedal steel pedal steel, right? And it's just, I mean, it's basically. Wow, wow. Yeah. This isn't really good for a podcast, but it's, <laughs> it sounds like that. But I'll I'll send you a link actually. Santo and Johnny, it's amazing. Yeah, I'd appreciate like, that. Right, no, it's really amazing. I, I mean, I, I mean, is is that a dying <laughs> art? It is. It definitely is. But there's a lot of in this in the whole uh, neo traditional movement, I guess. And Wait. I, Okay. Okay. That sucks. And the time is up. Okay. Wow. Uh, what, did you run out of memory? No, I had two <laughs> gigs of memory. How can I run out of memory? Well, you oh, did. Half out of luck and way out of line. I was one sip over the edge. I was a fool at the end of the bar. Stuck in my ways, she gave me her time, but I couldn't sacrifice mine. I was a fool for thinking she'd change her mind. Does she live with another? Does he look just like me? Does he honor her side of the bed where she woke up on mornings with me? Take much 
to get me this way Just a couple to Sarah and I know I'll wake up Public House podcast. No, that's complicated. So no, it's you. not. You I'll say it. that. I'm All right. You. I'm ready because we're recording anyway and we're going to go with it. Come on. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot I was going to say it. This is part two of the Public House podcast with me, Eddie, and Dylan Earl. Sweet. Yeah, the only reason that happened is because uh, Dan <laughs> fucked up and didn't save enough memory on his. Um, were you using an iPhone, iPod? An Android? No, you're not gonna say anything? Ah, you I need to get another beer. So this one's for you, folks. We're now sipping the buds. Sipping on buds. But not the right buds. No, these that, these might be the right buds. These might be the right buds. Mm-hmm. Alright, let's get back to where we were. So, steel pedal. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about the pedal steel. You asked me how I met the re- reasons why. So. And is it and is the steel pedal dying? It is definitely dying, um, but but there's the whole neo traditional style of music that's that's bringing uh, some young players back, right? Which is nice to see. Um, but a lot of that's really happening in places like Nashville and Austin, right? Um, Any particular reason why? The, because those are the the traditional country hubs of, okay. of the world, really, or Nashville and Austin. So sure. there's a lot more young players that that grew up on that and kind of grew into that whole style of things, but. Um, Ben, uh, who plays with me, he, he's probably the youngest guy in Arkansas. There's another guy, Alex Piazza, that plays with me as well. He's, I think, I guess around, I'll just say 39. But, um, you reckon he's around yeah. 39? Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. But um, he, he's, a, he's a hell of a player too. But it's just hard to, harder to find in Arkansas. And there's not, um, it's probably just myself and Bonnie Montgomery that are really dipping into this whole style. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know. Well, it's a good dip, man. It sounds good. I, I appreciate it. And, yeah. it work, and it works for what you're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. It works well, you know, and, and, uh, and I, I'm lucky to surround myself with guys who are interested in playing that music. So another guy that travels with me is uh, Chris Wood. Um, he's, uh, he's a bass extraordinaire. He's also probably, I don't know what he'd be better at because I'm not good enough to decide who, if he's better at guitar or bass, but... He's, a, he's an incredible guitar player and actually the best guitar player in the band, but he plays bass. Legit, yeah. Um, he, he's, he's incredible, and sometimes I have other guys. Lee Zadro did all the keys on the record. He just actually was able to come out and tour a little bit with me, and there's also a fellow Will King that'll come out. Yeah. My roommate, Hayden Johnson, I feel like i got to name drop all my, all my homies. Yeah, right shut now. them all out, man. But, uh, this, is a, this is a big move. Yeah, yeah. Baby. You know? You're on yeah. public house, baby. That's like, right, dude. This is, this is, this is the real deal. But uh, Hayden, Hayden's also my roommate. He's come out and toured with me and played bass. Um, he's, he's definitely been an important addition. Ryan Glover, I can't forget about Ryan Glover. He's been yeah. out with me before. And then the Valick brothers, Jimmy and Dave, they've been out. Wit Wright. Um, Wit, Wit's incredible. He, he, only, he came out on a four-day run with me playing pedal steel when Ben couldn't come. Um, he's he's played with Casey Musgraves and and uh, used to play in American Aquarium for the longest time. What's up, what's Ameri- uh, what, what are these two bands? Or, um, or? American Aquarium is probably at, at one time they were probably the hardest working band in the country. They used to do over three hundred shows a year, kind of thing. Jesus Christ, that's like that's like either two a day with like a day in between or one a fucking day. Yeah, and so, I mean they they were they were the hardest working group of folks that, that I'd ever met, and it was really great meeting those dudes and kind of hearing about it and. And, you know, they're about seven or eight years ahead of me. So I right. got to really experience them and watch them go through what they were going through. And, and through that, I became friends with Wit. It also helped that one of my old friends, Wit, went to high school with them. So there was this kind of connection in Alabama. He's from Huntsville, Alabama. But, um, yeah, yeah. And then Casey Musgraves, I don't really know much about her, but she's a big deal. But it's nice to see Wit's carried on with some other great groups because he deserves it. He's had quite a lot of collaborations. Yeah, definitely. I've yeah. I've had a lot of different influences on the group, so the tours always sound different because yeah. I always I have I have a different group of guys usually. I have kind of like my 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 A squad, my my first rounders, but all of us Is are, that the reasons why? Yes, yeah. definitely, definitely. But but I mean anybody any of the guys that play with me are a reason why because they're just a reason why, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. reason why I'm still doing it. But uh, you know, it, it's it's I have I have kind of my, my first round guys, but whenever all of us work in odd jobs on the side. Yeah. Sometimes these guys can't get away from work or something, so I kind of go through my short list of guys that I can pick up to fill slots. What about you? Because I, cause, cause you, for, in terms of work, sorry to interrupt, but you do uh, no, no, you do fine. leatherworks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw that on your website. I was right, like, right. here's this musician, new album out, here's my two old albums. By the way, if you want a new belt, give Dylan Earl's sweatshop. Get your fucking belts, man. Yeah, hey, if you like, need a belt, holler at me. You can get on the website, <laughs> dylanrollmusic.com, go to the contact section, shoot me an email, say, hey, I want a belt, I want a guitar strap. That's really what I'm best at. But seriously, out there, if you need anything, let me know. If you need a belt or something, I got I do, you. man. My belt is fucked. This is Dude, old. Dude, I'll, I'll, I'll slap your name on the back of it. I mean, I don't do yeah, legit. I don't do, I don't do the belt buckles, but mostly I do design work. That's cool, but so. you must know somebody that can do a belt buckle, and I could get like a really cool belt buckle that maybe will have like a, a really cliche bottle opener on it. Absolutely, dude. Yes. Yeah, yeah like there's some of them that will flip down, and you can put a can on it like that. No way! Uh, yeah, no You're shit. kidding me. No, that exists, man. <laughs> America is full of bullshit like that. Yeah, well, yeah, it's convenience. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Convenience. For the guy with the man. stupidly big gut and like a loose belt, you can yeah. bang it right there, <laughs> right, right where there. you need it. That way you got other hands for like smoking cigs. And yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, misogynistly groping somebody or something like yeah, that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're probably yeah. the kind of skis bag that would do those two things. 
Well, I guess, yeah, I guess somebody that, that like, needs that extra space for drinking to free up their hands is probably up to no good. I don't want to make Pretty too much. many assumptions. But You're I'm making correct assumptions, like, though. Am I making correct assumptions? Yeah. Have you ever seen somebody with them just chilling at a bar or something like that, with, <laughs> and they've got one? No, in, like, certain places, like, really, like, really shitty places, like Panama City Beach or something like that, and I say that actually now, I had one of the best gigs in this last tour in Panama City Beach. Okay, but so you're not shitting on them completely. They're no, good. no, no. Panama City folks are, are fucking awesome, and I didn't realize that until last time I was there, but before, your only interpretation is, like, the spring break scene, and so <laughs> right. it's just, like, all these terrible kids go there and just ruin this place for a while. Did you ever play a, a spring break gig? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I, I, I played at this place called Mosey's Downtown recently, um, and uh, that, that, was, that was a really, really neat actual gig, because it was back in the town, and I was like, oh, shit, they yeah. have culture here, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not just, like, this capitalists like here here's a fucking condo with a beach view come to all these like shitty bars that are just totally tailored to it's like a little like a playground you check in these little play zones yeah you can like, call okay. them like tourist traps yeah really. it's, it's just yeah. a tourist trap you know and so people just you know breathe all over everything and are really awful and rude is there much of that in arkansas like tourist traps do people i mean what's the what's like a tourism board like there's honestly not a whole lot that's what i like about arkansas sure um whereas in louisiana we have new orleans and there's a couple spots where they you know the, the culture's exploited a little bit but in arkansas they're there ain't shit there, which is kind of nice. Like, if yeah. you're in Arkansas, you're either driving through because Interstate 40 goes through Arkansas, and it's one of the busiest thoroughfares in the country, connecting the east and the west. But um, you, know, you have to really be going there. You know, you have to know somebody to be going there. You're not going right. to just go there and be like, I'm going to go to America, so I'm going to go to Arkansas. And I don't no know. America's going to go to That's Arkansas. That's kind of what I wanted to do. I kind of wanted to go to Arkansas and, like, go to, like, Oregon and just, like, all these random shitty states. You and should. Like, shitty places. You should. And Minnesota and stuff, just because... Because that's not... Because everywhere else is like... Every, everything we see on the screens and on the news is, that it is like, you know, the Hollywood America or it's the news America. It's New York, it's California, it's San right. Francisco. You know, it's the, it's the main places. But somewhere like Boston and all these like really fucking cool like Mississippi and stuff like... It's so cool to go down yeah, to these you, little you towns. To, you ought to check out Mississippi and Alabama. Tennessee's nice. I mean, yeah. Louisiana's great. And, and Arkansas, yeah, it's... There's only two and a half million people in the whole state, and I, and I wow. think that the state is is roughly. What? Two and a half, how big is the state? Is it, it must be it must be bigger than London because London's well, yeah, like definitely. eleven million, right? It's massive. Arkansas is probably I would say roughly three quarters the size of England, something like that. Fucking hell! You I mean, made me feel so small. No, man. I mean, there's so much more culture and, and shit packed into a place like this. It's just a different thing. You can't really compare landmass to. No, you can't. But yeah, there's like so many little subsections of culture in the right. UK. But like you know, in 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 America, you are dealing with such a humongous landmass and such mm-hmm. a divide of cultures. Yeah. Like I mean, I mean, what's that? What's I mean, what's that like to navigate as a as a cultropolitan musician? I mean, how what's what's the worst reception you've ever received then? Oh man. Um, Would that be in like a, a more urban environment like New York? No, or something not like necessarily. That? You know, I mean, it, it it's it's. Uh... I'm trying to think of my, my worst gig. I've had a couple load-in, load-outs, which is, like, a very rare thing that happens. You almost, in a strange way, kind of, you, like, celebrate it, you know, where it's, like... What do you mean? What do you mean, like, a load-in, load-out? A load-in, load-out is whenever you load into a gig, and then you realize no one's going to come, so you load out before you have to embarrass yourself for playing for <laughs> nobody. Have you never played to just, like, an empty bar? There, there have been a couple of shows when we were first starting out, but there's always, like, a two or three people in there. But I, I've had a load. I've had three load in load outs in my career. Right. Um, the first one actually, I was on a support tour with Daniel Romano, and we were playing. We had just played to seven hundred people in Portland, Oregon. Right. And we went kind of inland into Bend, Oregon, and there was a promoter that put on the show and had 
But the poster had misspelled my name. It was like D Y A L N or something like that. Dialen. Yeah, which is yeah. like, how do you fuck that up? You know, like I know Dylan's not like, the most common name, but it's not like. Oh come on, it's yeah. it's, it's easy. You're like Bob, come on, you know, Bob yeah, Bob Dylan, like for fuck's sake, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, but you know, so like that was wrong, and it was just like we get to the show, and there's a bartender and the promoter, and it, it's like nine o'clock at night. That's when most shows start, you know, and there's right. not a single person in the place, and of course Dan's like, you don't have a fuck single friend, like a fucking girlfriend. Or like your your mom couldn't come to the show, and so we loaded out before we even did anything, and then the next one I had was on on uh, it was we I do this this tour every summer with my roommates band. They're more of like a, I call it nautical thrash folk. <laughs> Why? They're called me the piece of the CB with you. Uh, right. it's, <laughs> it's fucking awesome, man. I love those dudes, and so I do this tour with them where I open the shows and a couple of those guys play with me, and I'm usually wearing makeup and shit. And what kind of makeup? Like, like glam rock. And then I'll just like wear lipstick and like draw like big red circles here because we're playing a lot of DIY places and some right. basements to like a bunch of crust punk kids, which I love. You yeah, know? yeah. So, so it's like, how can I make this so absurd that these kids are gonna love it? And I've had so many people after shows be like, I hate country music, but for some reason I couldn't stop watching that, and I was like, perfect, legit. You know, Twinkle is coming in hard. Yeah, you know, I, I, I wore my underwear for like much of one of the tours, but what um, do you mean you wore your underwear? The same underwear? Well, no, just like underwear and then boots and the hat. And oh, that's all you wear. Oh, okay. I was gonna be like, that's kind of good because like yeah. not wearing underwear well, can yeah. chafe. <laughs> no, yeah, no, there's problems with that with yeah. touring too. But um, <laughs> no, yeah. You know, so like th- those those tours are a lot of fun. We had one in Champaign, Illinois, where it was you just get the vibe when you, we load into a spot and you're like, why would anyone come to this? Sure. Like, why the fuck would anyone be here? Yeah. So, yeah. You, so you just load out and you're like, all right, so you boys want to go camping? There's a campsite like 20 miles away. Let's just go buy some beer and go camping. <laughs> Easy. And so we'll just like, I'd rather go spend a night in the woods drinking beer than... Than doing a shit gig. Yeah, doing a shit gig because I've, I've already played those songs a million times. Like, it's not satisfying me. Yeah, that must get like... Mm-hmm. Um, like I always think about this, like when uh, like comedians, maybe they, they run over an old joke or when obviously musicians, they run over like several old songs, like nonstop. Right. It gets a bit like... How can I put an edge on this performance? I mean, how do you deal with that? Man, you, you just, I don't know. Uh, you know, you try not to make it too bu- booze-fueled, but a lot of times it might be the substances <laughs> you might be enjoying at the time. Or, yeah, for sure. Or, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Sometimes, because you've done it so many times, you know, I might... Yeah, you need to, you need to like, you need to change the frequency of it or time yeah. it a little differently or get... Definitely more fucked up before you play. Or yeah, get you get a little more fucked up, and play. it's just like if you're not really feeling a room, sometimes you're just like ordering more shots in the bar, or yeah, it's just yeah, like legit. you know what? I've turned around so many times, and been like, "Fuck it, boys," you know, and it's just like, and usually Dicky D on the drums is like, "Yeah, you're right, totally fuck this," and he'll just kick it up, and we start playing fast, you know, and just like chugging booze, and, and just kind of really, you know, as y'all say, would be taking the piss out of yourselves. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, and that's just cool. Like making fun of the whole thing you're doing, because self-deprecating. You're like, yeah, you're like this whole thing is total shit. Like, why should I be taking myself seriously at all? Yeah, well. I mean, like, it's, yeah. it's good to have, like, a humbleness about you, you know, not to, like, sit there and be like, oh, I'm an artist, I've turned up to a gig and no one's here, how fucking dare you, yeah, like, yeah. be a prima donna about things and be all like, oh, fuck right. you, but instead just be like, yeah, we, I mean, we ain't really shit. It, it's true, man, and, you know, I had my last load in loadout was the, actually this last tour in Nashville, Tennessee. So we just done a bunch of gigs in North Carolina, North Carolina is, is amazing, it's, it, like, we did four shows in a row there where it was it was like 75 plus in the room. Fucking wonderful nice. crowds. Yeah. Very attentive. Everyone's dancing. And then we get to Nashville after this amazing run and Nashville's the next show and it's supposed to be the home of country. But it really proved itself and like kind of why I hate Nashville as, as, <laughs> as like... <laughs> why? Yeah, because, you know, because that's where Music Row is. That's where all the fucking bullshit is. Yeah, and and so I mean I'm trying to blow up Music Row like fuck that place. What's like, the what's the deal with Music Row? I mean I don't well, understand that's, what that that's, is. That's where all the 
you know, there, there's a thing that exists where it's like there's a songwriting firm that writes songs for this agency who's going to try to peddle it out to a couple of their artists. That's fucking gross, man. Yeah, it's disgusting. It so it's like, fuck Nashville, but also in Nashville, there's a there's a wonderful underground scene, but it's like clearly on kind of one area. And I was, we, we, we were playing this gig and they have like the listening room is way shut off in the back where you couldn't figure out where it was and we knew no one was going to be there. And so we we're like, we just had four amazing shows in North Carolina, like fuck this yeah right so we just rolled rolled up shop and my mom luckily lives like 40 minutes away in the middle of the country so fucking like, sweet hey mom so like two years hard you know <laughs> you, got, so, you got any gumbo yeah exactly you got any gumbo please but um yeah you know it's like it, it, Nashville's Nashville's a fucky place but um how many gigs out of like all the gigs that you played were just like sucky like that Fortunately, they're becoming they're becoming more few and far between. Oh, then you're getting um, better at what you're doing. I suppose so. You know, I think so. there's 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 you know you don't ever want to count your eggs before they hatch or or nah. or, or count your chickens. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, whatever, yeah, yeah. The, whatever the term is. Yeah, whatever, man, it works. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, omelets. So they eventually become omelets. They, they eventually they become <laughs> omelets. Exactly. But uh, yeah, you know, it, 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 I'm, I've been very fortunate recently. Um, so I don't take it for granted whenever I have a packed room in a town that I very rarely visit. For sure. Um, and I and I'm never really turned off totally whenever I go to a town. There's no one in a room. If there are, however, if there's like two people in the room that came to the show to see the shit, it's yeah. like, all right, I'm about to play this shit at you super hard. And yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes those are the most fun gigs because you can totally take yourself not seriously. Yeah. And and I'm and not, they'd appreciate it as well, right? Right, they do. And I'm not at all about to take any of that for granted that there's two people that, that came out to see my show because right. it's like. I don't know who the hell you are, so like, right. there's really no reason for you to know who I am. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for giving a shit. I mean, do you guys yeah. like? I mean, do you guys like promote that far ahead? Do you do because because a lot of people do a yeah. lot of heavy, heavy social mm-hmm. social media marketing and postering and flyering, and if they don't get like a particular reception or a certain amount of likes or views or whatever the fuck it is, or or like. Um, what is it, imprints or whatever? Just when people just just about see what you've done on social media, do you yeah. ever like bail out of one that just didn't get enough? No, or do you I'll, guys promote? Or? I will never not show up to a gig because I've Good made a, I've made a contractual obligation with someone. I've promised someone to do something, and my mom always said, you know, your word is your word. It's Absolutely, yeah. Me, so it's like, yeah, I'm gonna show up, but if I show up and it is shit, I am gonna leave. Yeah, but. I've gotten better at, at, at booking tours much far farther in advance. Yeah. Um, and I've just gotten better at it in general and understanding how it works because your first couple tours, it's just such a learning process. And I'm still learning. Every single tour I do, I learn. And I've been doing it very heavily over the last, you know. I mean, have you made any, like, I mean, like, uh, I mean sorry again to interrupt, but have you made any, like, like, particularly large mistakes that have allowed for an upward trend in your like progression. Because I can imagine you could go and do a, a bunch of gigs and have one major fuck up that could either stop you from touring that year, or you know, stop you from touring at all in that state or whatever, and then you can flip it over and be like, yeah man, we managed to work it out, let's make it better. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to find a specific example because luckily I haven't had too many uh, large fuck ups, but I'm trying to think of I know I've learned from so many things, and now maybe it's a good thing I can't quite remember them. A lot <laughs> yeah, of it, maybe, yeah. A I lot mean, of it is the reason you can't. Right. Well, a lot of it is, is the proper advancing in your tour. So you book the tour, but you say you have it booked, but it's like 
you got to follow up on that. Yeah. And so I need to follow up on what's my load-in time. Yeah, right. What is and I and I got to watch out for my boys. So like, are they are they providing food and yeah. drink? Logistics. Um, yeah, it's just all the logistics. So I think the first couple tours, I was more just stoked that anyone was going to book me at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I never wanted to advance because I was so like, so you just white knuckle it the whole way through, just like I don't care how much food Absolutely. we've got, I don't care how much fuel we've got, as long as you yeah. make it to the gigs. Which, which the gig. typically results in us sitting around a campfire heating up campfires. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm still I. Still I'm not. I'm not ashamed. I love doing that. And a lot of times when I travel west, what it's 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 awesome because I will plan a couple of days off where we'll go camping. Yeah, but those are pure you know? moments, and you need those. Yeah, like, definitely. And so there's been times where like I'll tell you a story about Big Tasecki. All right. So there was What's Big Tasecki. Big Tasecki was was a night in which we almost all died. We <laughs> we uh we Sweet. we didn't have the right advance on the show, so we made no money from the show, which was my fault entirely. And that's also a big burden I take whenever I'm booking a show with everybody because. These guys are entrusting me that I'm going to take care of them. And right. if I don't follow up and do my job properly. So Big right. was a big learning moment. I guess it's one of these things. So we had we had no fucking money. It was actually at like the very beginning of a tour, which is the worst time for something to go terribly wrong. We had nowhere to stay. And so we were like, well, there's a national forest around here. It's, it's April, so it should be warmer. But the mountains just outside of Santa Fe, it just gets dramatically colder, obviously, the further up you go. And so we were traveling in a national forest. And national forest in the U.S., it's like free camping within certain parameters of where you are on the road, but it's just, it's all protected for us. So you can kind of just go out and camp wherever you want. Right. No trace kind of thing. So we, 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 uh, God, it's such a fucking shitty night. <laughs> we, we went up, we found this one spot that was just kind of like it, the road was wrapping around the, the mountainside and everything. And there was kind of like a jut out of the mountain here as the road wrapped around. And so we found this spot up here which is clearly, obviously, a bad place to try to camp out because you're so exposed on all sides. You're, like, on the edge of this mountain. There's just wind everywhere. Sure. So there was a little bit of snow on the ground already. All but right. a lot of times in those drier climates like that, it can be it can be fine, you know? And so we went, and we got there, and we're like, well, it's, yeah, it's pretty fucking cold, but we had a full case of beer and, and some tequila, and we're like, all right. Yeah, you know, fuck like, it. Fuck it. You know, the tequila's going to keep us warm and stuff. <laughs> you know, doing the thing. Yeah, where fuck we, the wind. We, yeah, we start a fire, and... And I'm, I'm heating up canned goods for the boys by the fire and everything. And it was like, it was already really depressing because we found like a needle sitting by this, because it was like an already pre-made ring that someone had, had been there. And it was like, we found right. a needle and we're like, right. oh God. And so we're just like, like run away and like toss the needle away like gross. Cause that's something I, I will never touch. That no, you don't like, you don't like getting your skin. Yeah. Done. But anyhow, so it's just like, this is already kind of depressing. And so we're basically just like chugging tequila to get through how, the fact how cold it was. And we're also assholes because I like to sleep in a hammock a lot when I'm on tour because it's like, it's my little like safety zone. It's my cocoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I like it. You. And, and you know, it's like much it's nicer. way better than a hard ground. Yeah, it's way better than the ground and I'd rather maybe sleep on the outside of someone's home because I also feel less intrusive. Oh yeah, no, I, I feel that. Yeah, so yeah. it's like I can I can sleep easier without being like, oh shit, I'm in someone's way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we string up hammocks up on Big Tasecki and uh, I, I remember, <laughs> so Hayden was playing bass at the time. Hayden's like an Eagle Scout, pretty pretty rough guy, and uh, he decides he was going to sleep on the ground by the fire, which was probably the smartest thing to do, but I remember at some point, like I was probably asleep about an hour until my, my body cooled down, and then, you know, I lost all the boot, you know, the, the warmth from the tequila and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finally, I wake up, and I, I'm wrapped up, but it is just so fucking cold, and the wind is howling up there, and you can just see the snow drifts are picking up and shit. And I look over and I see where Dickie D's hammock was and it's just flapping the wind because he's bailed. Right. So I guess he's gone down to the van. Yeah. And uh, so I get up. I remember like walking, like wrapping myself in these blankets and like bracing myself against the snow. 
and walking past the fire, which is just a couple of embers, and Hayden is almost laying in the embers of the fire, and he has long hair, so he's like kind of bundled up, and there's like a bit of a snowdrift that's developed against his side, oh, and his hair is just like flying in the wind and shit, and it's like. I was like, oh my god. You must have felt like you were woken up on a dead body. I thought so, yeah. I was like, fuck, is he alive? And I was like, Hayden, Hayden. He was just like, yeah. You know, I was like, dude, I'm going to the van. He's like, it's okay. And so I went down to the van, and the only place to sleep in the van, because I've, I've kind of tricked it out, and I've got... I've got a couch in there and another bench seat, and I call it Cozy Town USA. And so like, <laughs> it's that one place. Yeah, so when you keeps on moving. Right, exactly. So when we're riding down the road, there's two guys up front, and there's two dudes that can lay down in Cozy Town. You know, fucking <laughs> sweet. It's wonderful. So anyway, like, there's there's two. Hey, Ben and Dickie D are now in Cozy Town, and the only place I could find where I could kind of lay down was actually in the back of the van. But there's about a foot wide gap between all the gear and the back doors. And so I couldn't, I could only lay on one side and I couldn't turn over and I couldn't lay flat on my back, but it was much better in there because the, the wind was broken. But all I had to like cover up with was a couple of blankets I brought and like a towel for some reasons. I left some other shit. I don't know. This is where you learn from your mistakes. Anyway, I'm trying to make a long story short. I remember, I remember cause we didn't sleep at all that night and I remember Hayden coming down and he went to like the front door and he saw it like, he was like, I don't want to sleep in the front door. I'm going to try to climb in the back and I could, I was awake and I could just see his thought process. You know, and I saw him like go check the front and him be like, oh, fuck it. Well, those guys are sleeping in cozy towns. So I'm going to go to the back. The same thing I did. Right. And I remember him like coming to the back and I was like knocking on the glass. Like, don't open that fucking door. Like, I can't lose any heat, man. <laughs> and like finally he went and climbs into the front seat. And it was just this awful time where everyone, no one was saying anything to each other. But we were all so fucking cold because it was probably... I don't know. It's probably like negative five Celsius. That's like, a lot. To, that's a lot to deal with, man. It was a shitty time, and 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 I just remember it's one of those beautiful moments where once the sun, the slightest amount of blue developed in the sky. Oh we're yeah. Like, is everybody up? Everyone was like, "Fuck yeah, we're awake, man!" You know, just like, Let's get the fuck out of here. So we drove down Big Tasecki and found this all night diner, and we ended up eating there. But th- that's one of those moments, and I made a long story out of Big Tasecki. No, that was really, good. It was a good story. Like, I'm not, there's no no complaints about Big Tasecki. Am yeah. I saying that right? Big Tasecki. Big Tasecki, man. Big Tasecki, right? Yeah, yeah. So. So we will never forget Big Tasecki, and it's like... What did you learn? We learned, um, obviously, bring more warmth and more clothes, especially yeah. just because it's April doesn't mean it's not going to be yeah. cold. Don't camp in the wind. <laughs> Don't camp in the wind. Yeah. Fucking advance your shows. Yeah. And know how much money you're going to have, because the advancing is going to tell you what your budget is. And so now that I advance, and I'm also yeah. demanding, you know, like... Don't be afraid to ask too much money, but don't be a dick. Sure. You know, it's like the whole thing. Sure. So it's like, what is it to take $200 off of a bar if they if they have like a reasonable good clientele? Yeah, right. So it's like, hey, I need all, at least 200 bucks a show. And that I mean, way you can, in an emergency, you can always afford a hotel or How do you, shit. I mean, how do you guarantee that amount of money? Like, do you, do you book tickets? Do you do ticket sales or do you say like, I mean, bar tab or what, you know, do you take the money off the there, bar? There's a lot of different ways they do it. And a lot of bars prefer to do what they do in, in, in certain ways. And so sometimes they already have a preset deal where it's like, well, we, we give your band meals tab and 150, 200 bucks. Um, some places, if you know, you have a good draw, like for instance, when I go to Raleigh, North Carolina, I can usually ask for a little more or I can ask a little more in Denver or I can ask more in Los Angeles because I know also having worked in bars and service industry myself, like I know what kind of revenue is coming in. Sure. So it's like, I, I can feel confident saying that being like, well, without me, you're not, you're going to have 
70 less customers. Right, so right, it's right. like, is it absurd for me to ask for four to $500? Hmm. If, if I bring 70 people who are going to spend $1,500, so you're going right. to make $1,000 off of me just being right. here. Right, 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 right. You know. So it's like, it's like a percentage negotiation. Yeah, it's definitely you got, a percentage You've got to sort of predict ahead. Right, but you definitely don't want to be a dick, you know? And like, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to some... be a prima donna whenever I ask for money or say we needed this or that, but... Oh, come on, you've got to uh, eat, man. Yeah, definitely. You know, you've got to eat, you got to, you got to pay for your fuel. At least, if you can get the basics down, right. if you can get the very, very fucking basics down, then everything else is a bonus. Right, right. And so the bonus usually comes into, luckily, Arkansas is very, very cheap to live there, and it's very high quality of life. Um, so I can always usually guarantee my boys, like, a month's worth of rent. Yeah, man, you know, it's good. Just be like, you get your month's worth of rent because you're also, you're working... Like, for instance, the December tour I did, it was, we did 18 shows in 21 nights. And so right. it's like, Jesus Christ. if you do 18 shows, I should be able to guarantee you 300 bucks now, or see, 200 bucks. See, this is how I can, bucks. like, come yeah. to understand, like, because as, as much as you were saying, yeah, gigging and traveling and all this shit is pretty awesome, but it quickly becomes a job and it quickly right. becomes something you can have gripes with. Right. And when you, when you, especially in you, I mean, you're taking the responsibility of, you're taking responsibility over like several people or a group yeah. of people plus bars and you have to like estimate like how much are we going to make here how much are we going to make there where can we camp here that's a lot of pressure for right. you to deal with man dude it, it, it is like, it's a lot like it's a big it's a big it's like, it, fucking it, easy it, task it is because the, the initial process of going through a tour is already very stressful and I, and I know that everyone else is stressed out through for it. sure yeah but but you know I, I oftentimes I have to I have to try to pull myself back because I find myself getting frustrated in certain ways on the road that right. my mood will be bad and it's like but the morale of a band is so important that's all no, 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 no absolutely you know, but it's, it's, but it's yeah. hard like, I mean these things are like hard to maintain because you can't you can't predict the adversities that you're going to encounter on the way right? Um, and you can't predict you know because people must get phone calls from home and it's like yo we've got some bad news and it's just like for fuck's sake and yeah. that person's down and then the whole team has to like boost that morale or make up for that morale exactly you, you use the right word you use the word out. team yeah and, it's a team it, it's it's a fucking team it's man. a team and everybody works together man yeah especially when when you're out on Big Tasecki <laughs> you, <know, laughs> you realize you're a team and it's like I fucking need you man who was your homie that was like laying by the fire <laughs> Hayden Johnson man <laughs> that, that dude just that, left him yeah well I did I was like yo right he's like I'm gonna be fine <laughs> God, dude, that was, I'll never forget that image, just like a snowbank developing up against him and him just like, his hair flying in the wind, it's like, how it just, that's, he's literally on blankets it's, 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 the it's kind of dystopian, it's kind of like yeah. far away from what you would have imagined that situation to be, you imagine you'd all wake up around the fire, hey, yeah. morning man, hey, morning man, everything's oh, yeah, fantastic, that's what everyone thinks. but actually your homies are like, yeah. Am I gonna be okay? Well, I, we all laughed okay? our asses off, and we were in this diner, the Sunrise Diner, and it's this. this uh, they have a lot of good New Mexican food, which is like obviously like there's a little bit of Mexican style and this kind of like wet American West style style that mixes. And we're in this wonderful diner, and and just all looked and smelled like shit, and <laughs> and we we're just laughing our asses off because. You know, we're like back home. Everyone thinks what we do is so glorious. Everyone right, thinks right. tour. Oh my god, you're on tour. That's yeah, so of course, amazing. Of course it's like we that. almost just fucking froze to death and got hypothermia on the yeah, yeah, yeah. mountain. But that's but that's the assholes. cool thing. You're, you're, you, I mean, you've experienced the adversity and the challenges of of whatever you did and the fuck up that you made. But now you're laughing in the face of adversity because you've overcome it, you beat it, and you kind yeah. of you, you say you learn. I say that in inverted commas. You've learned a lesson. Yeah, yeah. We definitely, like, we definitely like for learned, sure. You learn something from it, man. You have to. I mean, yeah. if you don't learn something from it, it's just. I mean, you're either gonna stagnate and be the fucking very same thing all the time, or you're gonna get shitter. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. I mean, and it's like I don't, you know, sometimes 
if, if you get handed everything every single day, like you're not learning anything new. Hell no, you know? no way. I mean, I mean, I, it's, it's, it sounds like a massive cliche, but like, uh, you know, diamonds aren't formed in butter. That's you know, that's they're right. formed heavily. I've under never pressure. heard that before, but I like it. No, I just say, I'm just saying it's off the top of my head. Like, it's just, it's the, it's just the. It's just cheers. Like, it's just, I'll say, grab me a beer, grab me a beer, cheers. Yeah, sick. Fuck yeah, beer. All right. Okay, man. But it, take, it, take, it takes a lot to, it takes a lot to learn. It's a pain in the ass to learn. Especially as you get older as an adult, the consequences get, get more real. Especially when it becomes like life and death and finances and kids. Yeah. And all this crazy shit. When well, the kids are on hold for sure. Yeah, you know, the, kid, the kids are on hold for sure. But like when you, when you, I mean, when you're a child, the, the consequences is like, oh, what, you know, you caught him pissing up against the, the side of the school. Uh, uh, okay, so the head teacher's pissed, your parents pissed, but you don't really have much to learn from it other than it's a bad thing. But now you're an adult, if you piss up against the side of the school, that's public indecency. You just fucking right, disseminate right. public property. And I guess like camping out when you're younger, maybe with your parents or whatever, the, the onus is on them. Yeah? yeah, to make exactly. sure that you survive. But when you're a group of adults, you're freezing on the top of a fucking mountain. You're a group of adults freezing like a bunch of children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You've got to have a steep learning curve or else you'll you'll probably die on your next tour. Yeah, exactly, man. And yeah, you, you also... I'm not sure I was know. going with that, but yeah. It definitely, it, it follows the territory, man. And you, and you kind of learn your, your places that you can make mistakes and you learn places not to make mistakes. Yeah. Like climate-wise or the, or, the, the, or the city that you're in, you know... No, for sure. also, also, I mean, it just, it helps having revisited these places. And so I've developed relationships in certain spots that I'm usually, no, I'm not going to go hungry or without a place to sleep. Right, 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 right. Or, you know, I've even Tactical found, decisions. Yeah, definitely. You for know? sure. And I've found like certain little hotels that give me good deals and shit. And there so you go. The more times you go through an area, the, the more you learn how to do it. And so with touring, a lot of times you're finding your routes. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a really important thing. Yeah. It's a really important thing so to I've, establish relationships. Yeah, and I've, so because I've got, that becomes I've, like a network of teams. Right, right. Say. Exactly. So I've got my spots now, and I've got my cities, and I've got certain promoters that I work with, and it, it just makes it so, for instance, like I'm going back out in April out to LA and Colorado, but I've got some great spots there with some wonderful promoters that are willing to take a chance on me and they keep taking a chance on me, which is great. Ah, congratulations, so, you've done well, man. Yeah, I'm trying like, to. That's legit, know? that's legit. But obviously, well is all relative, you know? So. Yeah, no, it is all relative, it's all contextual. I mean, but what's next? So, are you touring next year? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I am touring next year. Um, I'm actually going to try to take it easy. Yeah? Because I just released this record, and so I, I just, I just. I fucking toured a whole bunch this last year, more than I ever had in my life. So this year, I'm trying to be a little more tactical with it. Sure. You know, because now I feel like I've developed enough spots that are kind of my little hot spots, you know, where the, the places where people give a shit. And you so can I'm, plan your routes through them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I call those pivot points. Oh, nice. You yeah. Know? And so I, I've got my pivot spots. I'm going back to L.A. again because people in L.A. have been way, way kinder to me than I deserve and the people of Denver and the rest of Colorado. Mate, dude, they'll only be as kind as you deserve, right? They'll only be as kind as you deserve. Fair that's, enough. That's fair how enough. kindness works. I guess you're right. I guess you're right, man. Um, but yeah, so I'm hitting those spots and then I'll, I'm actually going to be coming coming to the U.K. in July and I'm bringing, yeah. I'm bringing the full band over. Fucking sick. Because so. I know you came over here and you only did like a couple of solo gigs, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just doing a couple of solo things, kind of feeling it out because it's just so daunting to bring a whole band over. Yeah, you sure. Know, it, it, it's it's kind of terrifying. Oh, you know? the U.K. will love you though. 
I, I, they will for sure. I think. I mean, actually, I shouldn't say for sure. But Especially I'm, I'm uh, Ireland and uh, Wales. I believe you'd have a very fantastic yeah. reception. I, yeah. I, I definitely want to hit those spots. You definitely know, do Ireland. It's, it's it's terrifying bringing the whole band over just because of the reasons you said before. We're like irresponsible for a bunch of yeah, years. absolutely. But but so. there there are. Um, I mean, in in this country, I'm not sure that we suffer from you know similar winds and snowfall. <laughs> yeah. There's certain places. Yeah, there might not space. be a big Tosecki. No, no, you have to you have to probably deal with regular rain. Mud yeah, yeah. and um, cold, but that's about it. Like, but you, I chose July. Yeah, right. So July is a fantastic time to come down. We go. This is prime time for us. It ought to be all right, you know. And, and I'm, I'm mostly just excited to bring these boys over. Yeah. Ben, ben has been over plenty of times, but um, the rest of the band has never really left the states, apart from two gigs we did, or a gig we did in Canada. But they've never really been outside of the United States, and so I can't wait to see. Especially Chris and Dick, those guys are just so enthusiastic about things. And when yeah. they come to London, I know it's it's gonna it, it's, it's gonna, gonna be a big it's gonna be a big deal. It's gonna be a lot. Hit of fun, me up when so. you get down. Oh, like, you hit me up when you get down, and fucking we'll go around and you, me, Dan, and everyone from Public House is going a mad one. I would I would love to do that. Man. I'd love to do that. That'd be that'd be great. I would, so are yeah. you so when you come when you come back over to tour, are you gonna be doing the the current album, or are you working on something on its way? Well, I'm I'm always trying to work on something. The current album is cool. Oh Jesus Christ! New country to be. That's the one. New country to be. Yeah, I mean we're we're technically on the tail end of all the you are the North American, I guess, um, touring of all that record. But yeah, but it, it's it's nice because like you tour the U.S. with a bunch. It's like okay, like you're kind of at the end of tour and all that. Yeah. But um, coming over to over here, it's like everything gains a second life. So I'm still going to be touring yeah. that record whenever I come here. And we're planning on doing a UK run. I've been I've been uh, booked a couple things in Sweden. Nice. Um, and I'm working with actually the first time I've ever worked with an agent um, is out of Sweden. So that'll happen, which is kind of a daunting thing in and of itself. Right. Because right, I'm right. so used to handling everything. So I've become so anal retentive about it. And now, and now because somebody has taken like, the weight off your shoulders, you feel like you need to make sure that that person is doing everything that you've had to deal with in your own right. And mind. Then, then, right. But then you're challenged with not micromanaging someone yeah, else that's no. already proven to be successful in what Absolutely. they're doing. Absolutely. And, and it's their job to micromanage you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ironic. It's, it's it a weird totally thing. Is, but it's. Man. You know, it's, it's part of the learning curve because if because right. if they fuck up in a certain way that you hadn't prior to engaging with them, then right. you wouldn't know that they'd fucked up. It'd only be that they fucked up. Right. And if you can see a fuck up coming, that's way better, right? Exactly. But sometimes I won't be able to see a fuck up coming, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, touring next year is just basically that little run to LA, and then we're planning on basically touring up the East Coast of the U.S. Yeah. Flying out of uh, New England, flying out of Boston. Because um, it's cheaper and we can tour up that way, fly over here, spend enough time over here that when we fly back and tour back down, it's still it's been long enough in between shows on the East Coast so I can double up and then hopefully it's all about finances, man. And you're scraping dollars. Oh, absolutely, it's all logistics. It's it's total logistics. It's a pain in like the ass without because I don't have any. I mean, I have I have my, my my label, I guess, which is Fabulon Records, and I'm really not at liberty to talk at all about Fabulon Records. It's a very exclusive thing. Okay, cool. Uh, you heard it. Yeah, that's right. Fabulon Records. It's the new deal. But um, you know, <laughs> there's uh, they, they like to make sure that we test ourselves, you know, and so, so there's there's very little there, there's there's little to no financial backing from any label or anything like that. So it's it's literally 
from the first gig you're, do you guys have a patreon or like a, I mean I know you have a band camp but do you have a patreon or anything where people can get to and just fucking supply you some funds I'm not and help sure you what out? patreon is patreon have you ever heard of crowdfunding yeah yeah crowdfunding okay. so patreon is similar to that so with a patreon it's more of like a subscription service where people can just add money and they can donate a small amount and be like oh you're the first to know when a ticket comes out or a gig comes out I or see. You, they, you can do like tiers of value check that out it might, okay, it, yeah. it, it, it might, it might be worthwhile I'm a little scared of crowdfunding because I, I'm a very stubborn bastard and I don't like to ask people for money. You're not asking people for money, though. You're just saying you can put money here. That's all, that's all you're doing, really. You can say you can put money here and we can give you this afterwards. And I guess it's, it's just providing a service. It's providing a service and it also, I mean, fucking adds security for what you're doing, man. Yeah, yeah. Does that a, a, a little bit, of, a little bit, of, back, a bit of backbone to what you're doing? Yeah, I, I, I should look into more things like that. And I'm obviously, I'm really bad at, at using a lot of these new tools that the 21st century has provided. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm pretty poor at it. I just did, I did a pledge music campaign to raise funds for my new record, which was really just raising funds to, to, to um, print or press all the records. But it was just, you know, you, like it's a pre-order process. So I feel better about it. It's like we were pre-ordering it. Yeah, you know, well, which that's, I guess essentially, that's essentially what a patron yeah. would be. They, they, would, they would, you know, they would pre-order the record and they'd be supporting your development of the record so they'd be guaranteed to get one maybe you just sign it or maybe you add a t-shirt to it or a picture yeah. of you of your dick out and you know hanging it over some watermelon yeah, or something you know just <laughs> you know just something ridiculous because you can do that because and people yeah. and people will be like oh I'll, I'll subscribe to that $50 tier maybe I should just be selling my body you know like I don't know like see the photographs of myself I don't well know. the voice is good the music's good uh, pardon? Oh, whistle, no? What Wait, is that? Was, that, was, that, was that from the peanut gallery from, from over the there? PA, we had the body is good. Yeah? My body is on fucking point. I don't think we've got anything else to go through. Where can we find you? Uh, Facebook, MySpace, all of that shit. Let us know. Yeah, yeah, I'm on, I'm on Facebook, I guess, and uh, Instagram. Okay, so what's your name on Facebook? Uh, Facebook is just Dylan Earl Music. I guess it's facebook.com backslash Dylan Earl Music. Yeah, Instagram um, is is the Dylan Earl, and I kind of feel speaking of being pretentious, I feel a little pretentious adding an article in front of my name. Um, Not but really. it's only because there's there's a Bible thumping kid out of God knows where USA that's just Dylan Earl. And yeah, but it'd be, it's Jesus, better than so. like the Dylan like or Dylan Earl underscore zero six or something stupid like that. Yeah, yeah, you, know, you yeah. need you need it to be accessible, but that's good. It's accessible. I mean, and, then and your Bandcamp? Uh, Bandcamp is dylanearl.bandcamp.com, and then there's dylanearlmusic.com as well. Just Google it, you know. There you have it. That's pretty much it. There you have it. it. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Cheers, yeah. buddy. Cheers, my man. It's been fantastic. Dude, it has been Thank a pleasure you very much. being involved And in yeah, House. tune in for the next Public House podcast. This is Dylan O. I think we'll attach a, a, a song or a video to the end of the, the cast. Yeah, I think yeah. that'd be really good. It'd be really nice. But it's been a pleasure chatting to you, man. Dude, it's good to talk to you, Eddie. Thanks so much. That's that's Daniel behind the camera. That's it. Peanut gallery over here. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Just check us out on what is it? www.readpublichousemagazine. Oh no. Wait. Is it Daniel? No. no it's readpublichouse.co.uk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. uk. This is where you'll find the fucking podcast and all that goodness. Much love. Public Bye-bye. House forever. Sweet. Ah, oh, wicked man. Thanks a bunch. Dude, thank you. That was so a great much. chat. Yeah. Here again By my lonesome Talking to myself Suffice it to say I ain't too well Well, I'll be in time But I
Take it Take it from me It ain't easy to push back What I don't understand It's so hard to be her man Why can't I trust you? Why would you trust you? You gotta think fast, people, in fancy clothes. So when I ride out toward that sunset, without you by my So hard.